Welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. Joining me as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, Kat. It is 2022, despite all my efforts to stop it. I apologize. And also, Eric Van Allen, who is equally lovely. 2022 just doesn't count. All right, we're still in 2020. It's just a really long year, y'all. It just nothing counted in the in-between. It's all good. It'll never stop. We've got rollback netcode. We can fix this. <laughs> I thought 2021 was all right. I mean, it was kind of the breather episode, right? I mean, between 2020 and 2022, I got to travel, eat in a real restaurant. Look, I have low expectations here, but seriously. <laughs> it it kind of was the eye of the hurricane. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sad we don't have video yet. No one can see the face I made when you're like, 2021 was all right. And I'm over here looking like, for who? <laughs> for me, cat. I launched a Patreon. I got a job. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Blood God. It was a start. good year for me, too. But it was just kind of a combination of good and bad. Yeah. Tough tough year for the for the world. But I think every year is tough <laughs> for the world at this point. Yeah. Well, folks, this is our first ever live recording of Acts of Blood God. We have about a dozen uh, patrons who are at the Stars of Destiny tier and above. Yes, we launched the new $25 tier in which people get access to a pre-show, a post-show, and also free pin and opportunities to get new merch. It's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for everybody who supported us here. We got like Spyrus in here. We got Ruka. We got Kel L, Abby of the Moon, not Hollow, Deer. We love all of you. We sincerely yes. appreciate all of your support. You are great. Thank you so much. Because of you, we can do what we do. So yes. if anybody wants to put the blame on you for anything, uh, we'll take it. We'll, we'll absorb it for you. <laughs> What, we can't volunteer ourselves as legal counsel. That's that's the next Patreon call. <laughs> <laughs> 10,000 Patreon tier. Let's go. An entire episode that's just that says legal advice and star disclaimer, not, not actually legal advice. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer, but I've played a lot of Phoenix Wright games. Now, what we're going to need to do is just present the evidence and say, hold it. And we got this. We got it. Yes. Hold it. Objection. Christmas is Christmas Eve is not Christmas. Don't forget. That's the, the only thing you need to know stops, about the law. We did it right. <laughs> and there's a, there's a pow sound. Yes. To celebrate this brand new occasion for Acts of the Blood God, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to be doing a post show right after this in which we're going to be discussing a bonus topic and uh, people who are not able to join us live will be able to access that from their feed if you are at the Stars of Destiny tier or above. Also, we are going to be launching our brand new segment. It is the Top 25 RPG Countdown Remake Intergrade, in which we pick games that should go on the Top 25 RPG new list that we are making here in 2022. And we got the community to help us out as well with a bunch of nominations. and then. In May, we're going to do a special in which we make a brand new top 25 RPG countdown. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited about that. I am always excited for lists. <laughs> I like making it a Thunderdome style approach, too, because I think we we tossed over a few ideas about how to approach this. And I really think that competition is going to make 
the best games rise to the top. You know, if you if you want to be the number one RPG in the pantheon, number one RPG on the list, you got to you got to take down the rest. This is the Royal Rumble. You got to show up to play. You got to throw them over the top rope. Hell in a Cell. Which one is the one where they climb to the top of a ladder and then grab the suitcase and then throw a ladder? Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. Blood God. Money in the Bank. So does that mean the game that gets number one gets a Pantheon shot? Is that how if we're following wrestling rules? (laughs) I mean, if it's number one, it's in the Pantheon. Like, I feel like any game that goes into the top 25 in the new list, it's auto. It's auto in the Pantheon. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. We might still do a Pantheon episode. We'll just acknowledge that it's already in the Pantheon, but we're going to give it its due because we mm-hmm. haven't done it already. So, for That's example, fair. I don't know, Skyrim, for some reason, makes it into the top 25 RPG countdown. We can do an episode and say, all right, this episode, this this game's already in the Pantheon. We're just going to give it its due. And yeah. then we can retroactively go. So, like, having done our deep dive into it, does it still deserve to be on the list? We could do something like that. So, it'll be fun. All right. Also, a couple of other housekeeping notes. The Chrono Cross Pantheon is out now. Thanks so much to Jared Petty and Rebecca Valentine for joining us for that one. That was a heck of a lot of fun to record. A very lively discussion, heated at times, because I think (laughs) people had some uh, strong opinions about Chrono Cross, I want to say. That was a really fun conversation. That was one of the longer ones. Like That was over two hours, wasn't it? It's it funny was over how much hours, we can yes. dig up about an old game sometimes. All of our pantheons lately have been going over two hours because we just have so much to discuss. There's a lot to say. That's why they're in the pantheon because there's a lot to mm-hmm. talk about. Well, our next episode, our next game for the pantheon is Bloodborne. That is our next selection. I was playing Bloodborne. I was getting my butt kicked. <laughs> I am so rusty. It is not even funny. I'm having a hard time getting through even like one of the earlier areas. So that's fun. Yeah, I need to get on that. I have the game already, but I'm wondering if I should download it to my PS5 or just put it on my PS4 and put it like on my other TV or something. I downloaded it on my PS5 just so that I could have the faster load times. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. I don't think it gets like a frame rate boost because there's just something wonky about that game. But <laughs> I, the loading times, I remember when I played through it on PS4. I hated the loading times. So like Mm, definitely any sort of like speed up of that because the loading tips aren't going to help you that much early on anyways. They, you know, they're nice, but they, they really don't give you anything that you're not going to find in the game anyways. I love loading tips. They're just useless. Press A to jump. Like, thanks. Uh, Loading tips are going out the window now. We load games too fast. Yeah. We load games too fast. Like uh, Spider-Man does no longer, he no longer rides the subway. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if you enjoy Acts of the Blood God, and why not? Go ahead and leave us a review over on the podcast of your choice. It brightens our day and improves the visibility of the podcast. You can also go and rate Acts of the Blood God on Spotify now, which is pretty awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore catbot. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford. And Eric is at CMoosey, S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. We are on Patreon, patreon.com slash bloodgodpod, where you can subscribe at all of our various tiers and get tons of bonus content that we put a lot of tender, loving care into the most recent one being our Pantheon episode. All right, let's get started on this episode. We'll start with what we have been playing over the weekend, and we'll go with you, Eric. Why would you start with me? 
Well, what was your sacrifice you to the blood god? <laughs> Actually, I mean, we were just discussing it in the pre-show, but we kind of know what your, your sacrifice is. So I'm just going to go over here. I'm going to play some Bloodborne. But let me just let Good me just all, paint y'all. you a picture. Let me just tell you a story. So little behind the scenes, since we're pulling the curtain back a little bit, we recorded a lot of our episodes before the holiday break to kind of bank them a little bit. And then we had a nice little holiday break. And I said to myself, Eric, it's time to play some old games. Eric, it's time to go play Planescape Torment. Eric, it's time to play Kowloon High School Chronicle. It's been on your Switch forever. You say you've been meaning to play it. You should play it. And someone made a very compelling argument for a certain game. And have you heard the song Because I Got High? Yes. Where the the <laughs> singer is listing a number of things that they mean to do and then they don't do it because they got high. Uh, mm, I, I got was high. gonna play Planescape Torment, but then, but got then high. I started Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> I was gonna play <laughs> a bunch of other games, but then I started Final Fantasy 14. Which is kind of like getting high. <laughs> um yeah. We're so high, high, high above, above me. me. You're so lovely. So lovely. <laughs> I, I think those are the words. Somebody suggested a new tier in which we do covers of games. Mm. Covers I, of, mm. covers of songs. Someone said they wanted me to yeah. do what was was I singing? Heart in a cage. I think it was Heart in a Cage. Yeah. 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 That's it's ten thousand dollar tier. Twelve K tier is is blood god covers <laughs> um oh god but yeah i started final fantasy 14 and within the span of about a week and a half to two weeks i played through all of a realm reborn and the post realm reborn patches uh because i started out i think i had a day it was like a monday or something where i just had completely off and i had nothing to do so i was like hey, you know what I'm going to give it the honest shot. Final Fantasy 14 is a video game that I feel like we're going to be looking back on 10, 20 years from now and see as like a pivotal game in the games industry. It's made a huge mark for a ton of different reasons. So I said to myself, it's important to be familiar with it and I'll give it an honest shot. Uh, and I really enjoyed that first day, I'd say. And I, I found a lot that I was like, okay, you know, it definitely handles like an MMO and it does things. I've tried other MMOs before and just bounced off of them. But the more I played, the more I just got involved with it. And it was for a lot of the reasons that people have said uh, the story is incredible. The world's incredible. Uh, the way it builds. I think my favorite thing about 14, honestly, is the way it, like Lego builds everything. Mm. Like yes, it does. things you think are completely inconsequential are just building something. Maybe they're giving you a better idea of how the world works. Maybe they're giving you a look into the politics. Oh my God, if you love politics, this is a game about yeah, some politics. And you're in heaven's word now if you want to talk about politics. Yeah. And I mean, it, it gradually grows to this point where you gain a comprehension of the world that feels very like lived in. It feels like a world that's alive. I think one of my issues with World of Warcraft when I uh, attempted it once was that it didn't have any of the things I loved about Warcraft 3, which were like a lot of that political struggle. And and more right. importantly, like my character didn't feel like part of that. My character felt like a bystander to all of it. And they center the Warrior of Light in 14 so well. Like everything is about you. You are essentially it, it's it's a JRPG that you're playing inside an MMO setting. Yeah. Definitely. And like <laughs> I can't stress enough if you like Final Fantasy stuff too. There's so much for you to eat in this game. Uh, <laughs> the the patch content, uh, the post Realm Reborn patch content le- leading into Heaven's Word, is incredible. The one of the primal fights in there, 
is maybe one of my favorite boss fights in recent memory when it hits the point where everything cuts out and it's just the snap and all that. I was just, oh, I lost my as a Final Fantasy X fan. I was I was losing my mind there. And it it just does so much. That's so incredible. And I'm and of course the board. music. Oh, the music's so good. The music's really, really good and such a wide swath of it too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm completely on board. I understand now why people feel the way they do about this game. And the worst part is it's a really hard game to recommend right now because if you don't have an account already, you can't get in. So yeah, I lucked out by having made an account ages ago. And so I just had to wait until like really early in the morning and I could sneak into ultras. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm on heaven's word right now and just loving it. It's it's really, really good. I, I knew I wanted like some sort of game like this to keep me going until Arceus comes out because I don't really have much to play in the meantime. Yeah. But yeah, this is really doing it. It's I'm sold. I'm converted. I was going to if we had video here and I actually had it in time, I was going to have a prop where I had like a Bible, but it just said Final Fantasy 14 <laughs> on it. And I was going to be like, I've converted, but <laughs> we can't sadly do not have the props, do not have the video for that. But it is a. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Like I, this is an entire segment of me just saying everyone was right. <laughs> like uh, everyone who right. yelled at no, me about Nadia this game. Right. Yeah. Nadia was right. That's the new segment. Nadia was right about final fantasy 14. I have to say the walk up to, and the reveal of the heavens were title oh, screen is one so of my favorite good. moments in any RPG. Just so, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but the character of alpha node, the way he is built is really, really, really good. I, <laughs> I've been playing with friends because I've got a friend who is progressing through the game at the at the rate I am. And I've got some other friends who are kind of doing end Walker stuff. But we all kind of been hanging out in voice chat and talking the whole time. And uh, I I kept comparing Alpha No to Kazuhira Miller from Metal Gear Solid 5 because and I know that's like the Venn diagram crossover there is very small. Yes. The people who understand like they're the same character. <laughs> they are the same <laughs> character. I never played five, so I don't know. It's it's incredible. Uh, I, without any spoilers, they go through many of the same developments and internal characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, honestly, Metal Gear Solid five. If you like Metal Gear Solid, you would probably like Final Fantasy 14 because I feel <laughs> like it's hitting some of the same marks. It, I it don't does think you're Kojima wrong. and possibly does Kojima better. Than Kojima it does Yoko Taro does. too later on in Shadowbringers. Oh, oh, the oh, that's a great raid. I've seen some of the near raid content and specifically the end of the third, like the final raid part. Yeah, and I was loudly yelling, I cannot believe they're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they are. It's Yoko Taro. It, they, they really just let Yoko Taro do that in a raid. That's that that should be illegal (laughs) it's uh yeah i mean i think for a long time i wrote it off because i've always not been an mmo guy and i was like yeah sure it has a story comparable to jrpgs yeah of course it does no it really does it really really does (laughs) one thing that they are doing they are making it more accessible to single players Mm-hmm. So I think that they are really trying to make this a more single player based RPG. But yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad you got into it. Yeah, it's excellent. I will just say before I bounce off of the 14 power hour, 
I also started Final Fantasy Ten Two for uh, Normandy, and Ten Two is better than I remember it being. Final Fantasy Ten Two is a pretty rad game. Yeah, it's better than the original Final Fantasy Ten. Oh, okay. Hold, hold on now. Calm down. <laughs> from hibernation, Toasting. texting to jump off the top rope Mm-mm. with a take. Mm-mm. I mean, this is the wrestling theme episode, right? Apparently. I know people who might agree with that, but uh, yeah, Ten Two doing some wild Just, stuff. The chair on Final Fantasy X. <laughs> Aerith with the chair. <laughs> Aerith, she's good at the chair. Uh, so final comment on Final Fantasy XIV. Ruka says, I often feel like a bystander. Like in the Realm, a Realm Reborn patch content that's brought up, someone comes up to you and confesses about the really bad things that are going on, and your character just stands there looking serious and does nothing. Then later the bad things happen, and your character just stands there looking surprised. If it was a non-MMO you would have been involved in the things and not just say, okay, here's all the stuff that happened. Now kill all the bosses in the dungeon. It's still held back by being an MMO. Yeah, I agree. But I think the the good definitely outweighs the bad. Yeah. You're... I think it's just being more, it's more sophisticated yeah. than a lot of MMOs. Yeah. And I think it gets more sophisticated in its storytelling oh. as, the, as the game goes on based on how everybody reacts to stuff like Kevin's Word and yeah. Shadowbringers and... And whatnot. The second you see that like thing pop up, that's like several cutscenes will play in a row now. You might want to pull a chair. I'm kidding. Trying to be ready because it's going. We're going to be a while. Like that's the good stuff's coming. That's who. And Cal L wondered if Final Fantasy X two was the best Final Fantasy sequel, and I I don't think there's a any comparison. Like most of the other, unless you want to talk about the After Years, which is Nadia's favorite game. No, no. (laughs) And they're talking about redoing that again. I want to die. I just want to (laughs) die. Eric mentioning the idea of he had all of these games he wanted to play during the holidays, but then Final Fantasy fourteen got him. Isn't that the story of the holidays when you're in the games media? Mm-hmm. That certainly happened to me. I intended to play Persona 5 or the holidays. I was going to finally finish it. It was great. And instead, I was moving. I spent a lot of time getting all of my stuff over to the new house. And my TV, my PS5 was accessible, but I wouldn't exactly say that it was comfortable to just mm. sit around playing it. Mm-hmm. So instead, I was like, I'm going to keep playing stuff on my Switch. I didn't really want to play Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl anymore. So instead, I picked up Dragon Quest XI-S, which has been sitting in my backlog for ages. Yes. I managed to make it all the way to Act 2. And I got to say, I'm loving it. Oh, it's a great it's game. It's just, mm-hmm. it's so wonderful. For the most of the first half, I was like, okay, yeah, I, this is lovely, but it's very slow, that kind of thing. Maybe it's because I'm reading Lord of the Rings. There's just something about this game that hits differently. Mm, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. I just... I have way more tolerance for its kind of stately pace, its world building, its uh, the character, just the little moments of the characters interacting with one another, the lovely humor in the dialogue, and how gorgeous it is. Yeah. My God, what, it looks what a great. beautiful Switch game. One of the most beautiful Switch games, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, they, they basically had to build it from the ground up, but it was definitely worth it. I think the one thing, and I think I said this before, the one big error they did with S was put those cutscenes in the middle at, before a really dramatic part of the game, and you have to go through them. They're not optional. I feel like that really brought down the game, and they should have moved them to optional quests somewhere else. But you can marry Salvando, so it's all okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I totally did, actually. Oh, good for you. <laughs> that was fun. You got to dance. <laughs> yeah. I got to dance. And I, I'm sorry, um, 
the whole bit with Jade in the casino, I just found that really hot. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, Jade's hot. Jade is one of those yeah, characters no, who was hot. like, that's, that's I am fair. totally confident in my heterosexuality. And then she does this, this thing where, where you can say no to her during a question and she'll she'll kick you, but she'll just stop right before your head and say, oh, I'm sorry. Would you like to repeat that again? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's the sword under the chin thing. It's it's like the holding the blade up to someone where you're like, you're going to kill me. That's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. No, Jay's great. I am not confident in my heterosexuality. <laughs> and I'd say that the only JRPG that's hotter than Dragon Quest XI is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Which, yeah. That, that yeah, game is just yeah. thirsty. No, that, I'm okay with that. That game is... is and now with we'll we'll talk about it later, but the mods and stuff on PC, that game is going to become uncontrollable now. Oh my god! Losing it oh, on yeah. the PC players was maybe a bad idea. <laughs> well, Final Fantasy VII Remake, people are already doing all of the mods. They have to mod uh, to fix it. We got Clown Sephiroth, <laughs> and we've got Cloud in a dress mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. That's a good forever. Mod. Forever. Somebody did a forever dress. Somebody did a forced perspective Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, which really they did it. It's just a proof of concept. Right. It's not an actual okay. mod, so it's a proposal for a mod. But they showed what it would look like, and it's basically Final Fantasy VII Remake, but it's in the perspective of Final Fantasy VII, right. which I think right. is really cool. That's a good idea. I like that. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. So I'm playing Dragon Quest XI S. I'm also, I'm started on Bloodborne. Bloodborne's kicking my butt. Uh, I haven't really had an opportunity to truly lock in and focus on it, so that is a thing that I hope to be able to do over the weekend. Nadia, what have you been playing? Well, besides FF14, I got addicted to Loop Hero. So yeah. that's the problem I have now. Oh, one of the best games of last year. If you go and listen to our best RPGs of 2021. <laughs> Sorry, my cat just knocked over my light. Go away. Um, <laughs> I'm very slow at it. And I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing, but I'm only, like, I've only beaten the Lich. I'm now working towards, I can't remember mm-hmm. the priestess, what her name is. And... It's, it's just a game that feels really, really good to play, even though you say to yourself, okay, am I actually making progress? And I'm very slowly building everything. I think that's maybe my problem. So I'm collecting resources. I'm starting over again. I'm just taking it slow and steady, but it's really enjoyable. It's a good game to play like a loop or two, and then you're done, and you go mm-hmm. do something else for a while. But yeah, I really like it. That was all what we've been playing. It's time for the main topic of this week's episode. We did a RPG preview in the previous episode, all of the games that you can look forward to in 2022 and the main questions around them. This week, we're going to be talking about indies, RPGs to watch in 2022. This is part of the reason that we got Eric on here because he follows those indie RPGs. He is up on them. And, you know, I'm looking at your list and there are some really cool JR, uh, indie RPGs mm-hmm. on here. I think the the big one for me is Sea of Stars. Yeah. Sea of Stars for sure. Sea of Stars almost feels like cheating because I feel like that one, even though it is an indie RPG, just makes a splash every time we see it. It's it's from. It's not cheating. It's an indie game. Yeah, but it's from the Messenger folks, so you know there's a little bit of like a proven resume there, and of course it looks gorgeous. It's got so much gorgeous. going for it. You know, I am interested to see maybe like you know, un unsegmented gameplay, like like let's see like a good long, you know, trailer gameplay battle overview sort of thing. Yeah. Cause I am curious how that battle system is gonna work. But overall it is just lovingly nostalgic in the way that the messenger was. And if it approaches 
like that era of games like the chrono triggers and grandias the way that uh the messenger approached your ninja guidance and stuff like that uh Mm -hmm. probably be in for a treat seems real good yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And that's the one with the music by Mitsuda, isn't it? The one where he volunteered to say, it's I am going to do something. Mitsuda yeah. just showed up and was like, yeah, I'll help. <laughs> okay, hi. Uh, sure. I think like, we got Mitsuda. I think Sacrifier, like that was one that fell off my radar completely, but mm-hmm. looks fantastic. That's a very... What is Sacrifier? It's another sprite-based RPG, but it's inspired by Octopath Traveler, from what I can tell. The visual style is really, really nice. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got incredible stuff it's got uh motoy sakuraba uh doing music on this one uh wow it's i mean yeah you just watch this trailer and the the art that's going into this just looks incredibly impressive it reminds me a lot of uh i can't remember the name of it but it was something commandos or something like that it was a roguelike rpg uh from like 2020 and it's it's just got a good modern pixel look where it's kind of blending a lot of this stuff together. And granted, I only see it because a very eager PR person has sent me emails about this multiple times. <laughs> and every time it pops Aww. up, I like put a little thing in the back of my head like, oh, this is one to keep an eye on and I'll forget about it. And then I'll see another email come around. And it'll be like, oh, yeah, no, I should keep an eye on this one. <laughs> so no, definitely. Here we go. Yeah, it's it, it looks cool. I think Sacrifier looks better than Octopath Traveler. It does. It it does look like a step up. That's obviously nothing against yeah. Octopath Traveler, but no, it looks gorgeous. I, I think that's a compliment to both mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly. Don't have a yeah, solid. I'm really date. into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think 2022. That's all I've got. Um, is yeah. it for PC only? I think the or only right one now? I know of right now yeah. is is a PC launch date because I think it is a smaller team, and usually with indie RPGs, they've been trending towards a steam launch first and then other platforms later there's one that's coming out called dark deity i think is what it is that's like a fire emblem game that Mm -hmm. came out it it, it, they literally just set out to make a game boy advanced style fire emblem and it it already came out on pc on steam and people have enjoyed it but it's coming to switch in 2022 so that's cool a lot of teams are kind of doing that these days you know get something on steam get money coming in to back further development get kind Mm -hmm. of a proof of concept under you and then, you know, maybe you, you get this game going and you're like Omori where you get kind of that cult following on Steam and then you turn around and, and now Nintendo is putting you in the indie world. So, yeah, that's makes sense for these companies to do that. Um, I'll say that one of the ones that I really, really look forward to on here is Citizen Sleeper. Uh, I got yeah, to demo this yeah. one last year. Looks interesting. Feels weird to say last year already. <laughs> <laughs> um very tabletop blades in the dark inspired game where you're having to manage like maintaining your body you are a runaway sleeper so like you sold your consciousness to a corporation and they put it in a robot body to do manual labor uh so a little bit blade runner and a little bit uh you're on the run and so you have to like maintain your body and and take care of it while also trying to get by and live on this outpost colony and it's it's got this really cool system where you roll die and then you slot the die in for the things you want to do so say like you want to go work at the local shipyard well if you put a five or a six in that slot guaranteed success you're going to be great you're going to get some money you're going to get some rep gain it's all going to be good three or four you you're probably going to get a neutral outcome one and a two you could get a neutral outcome or you could get a bad outcome you could injure yourself 
but in other places, a one and a two might be better for you. Right. And other ones might not work. So it works really, really well. Uh, I played the demo for it and loved it. And it's really got just a look and a style to it. That is a lot of these games are very stylish and, and interesting. So Sizzin Sleeper is definitely up there for me. I have a question for you, Eric. Hit and that is, it. what is the Aodin, uh, Aodin Chronicle kind of spinoff Kickstarter goal thing? Yeah, so this is like a stretch goal that they were doing for Aodin Chronicle. Yeah. Uh, as we yeah. all know, <laughs> the the really easy to say rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> I really wish I'd done a different Aodin name. Aodin Chronicle Rising. Hey, Aodin. Is it Yudin? Yudin. <laughs> Which Uden. sounds like Aiden. Aiden. Hey. Hey, hey Uden. How you doing? Uden. Uh, hey, I'm chronicling here. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> We're really bringing some cursed energy into 2022. Uh, sure are. It's, this is one of their stretch goals that I guess they just figured they could put out early. I'd compare it to like Bloodstained had the main game, but then also Curse of the Moon. It's that kind of situation where they're going to put this one out early and it's going to kind of tie in to the main game and and be part of it. But also it's like a different sort of game. This one, uh, I was looking through a couple different look ahead YouTube channel videos and stuff. And the person who was reading this out, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name right now, but uh, they described it as like a 2D ease game. Ease, ease. Ah. Wise, ease, yes. I don't know. <laughs> if not wise, for God's sake, it's ease. A 2D yes game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it has that kind of thing where it looks at first blush, like maybe a Metroidvania type thing, but then you're kind of doing right. character swapping combat that you would expect from those sorts of the, the yeast games. So, uh, I, I think it looks interesting. I think a lot of people are going to pick it up just because they're hungry for Aoden Chronicles, which is like the, the Suikuden that everyone's been Hell waiting for. Yeah. And so people are just going to be thirsty for that. And then they'll play it and they'll be like, this isn't anything like Suikoden. What is this? <laughs> well, I think uh, they'll like it. It looks really good. Yeah. looks like a cool little action RPG and probably good for, I mean, look, I hate to say it, but it's going to be great on switch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. That actually reminds me, I was looking forward to playing a uh, record of Lotus war on the switch, but that got delayed. It came out on console, but the switch version is not coming out till 22nd, I think, which is, Sad face. Wait, it's not out yet? It's out on it was. PS5, I think, but I think the Switch one got delayed at the oh. last second. Mm. I've been thinking about getting it on Switch, but I already own it on PC. I, wanted, so I like, bought it on bother? PC, but I didn't play it, so I want it on Switch. Hmm. It's great. Yeah, I'm going to love it. I know I'm going to sure. love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just Symphony of the Night, but with a hot elf girl. I mean, how how can you go wrong? You really can't. It's, it's pretty easy. <laughs> a hot elf girl that's going to make you question your heterosexuality. Oh, that happened a long time ago. <laughs> Come on. Been over this. <laughs> uh, Eric, you put Metal Slug Tactics on here and said, if that counts, I don't care if it doesn't count. I'm really excited about yeah, this game. That's like a cat game because <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's close enough. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. even though it doesn't have the stats, probably, it looks a lot like Into the Breach. And one of the reasons I like RPGs is I like RPGs less because of the story and more because of the um, strategy of it. I I enjoy the strategy of party building and gear and all of that stuff. As far as I'm concerned, the actual story element, every other genre did that a long time ago. And some some genres arguably do it better, uh, like visual novels and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But Metal Slug Tactics captures the essence of what I like in RPGs. 
which is tactics and strategy. And also, have you looked at the graphics in that game? They're it looks nice. gorgeous. It, it's metal. It's metal slug come to life. It's incredible. I, I love metal slug and I'll drop mm-hmm. a couple quarters into a machine every time I see one just because how can you not? It's so much fun. It's so colorful. It's just it's, perfect. It's so appealing to look at. It's like, come play me and you can't resist. Uh, Darren Deer asks in the chat, does triangle strategy count? I almost put advanced. I mean, that was on, on our list in the previous. Yeah, that was on our previous uh-huh. list. Uh, triangle yeah. strategy does not count and I didn't put advanced wars on here even though it's being developed by way forward I didn't put it on here for the same reason it's got Nintendo behind it come on now <laughs> yeah yeah they got Nintendo money I don't, don't know if I mean indie is kind of a nebulous concept these days anyway but I think once the Nintendo money starts flowing in it's kind of I think that yeah. that question is answered yeah Cal L wants to know if I've spent any time with dungeon encounters mm. and I am ashamed to say that no I have not I'm not ready to go full sicko mode it's okay no i'm not i'm not full sicko unfortunately that is just pure system it is oh, that's all that is so beautiful that's eric catnip apparently because he got obsessed with that game for a it's, while it's real good it's real real good in a way that is difficult to quantify but wow it it does it it does the thing but there's some other ones on here if you're looking for more of like a small rpg and maybe doing something a little different you know you got like she dreams elsewhere which is one mm-hmm. i think people have been looking forward to for a while now because it- and go check out our interview yeah, with Andrew, yeah. Creator yeah. That on the show a couple years ago at this mm-hmm. point that was me and you eric i think i think we did that cat was i don't know if that was yeah cat yeah burning man and, and left us all alone but yeah yeah, yeah we, we did had, that we had davion on here it was a good time so um that that looks really good. I think that's just set for like a 2022. I don't know if there's a date on that yet, but uh, Thirsty Suitors is the other one that recently popped up. That uh, certainly probably is what it says on the tin. <laughs> it's kind of like a Scott Pilgrim style RPG, but with also I'm skateboarding and a bunch of other stuff. It's kind of a mishmash and they've described it. Is it like Boyfriend Dungeon, but good? Oh, ouch. ouch. I didn't like Boyfriend Dungeon. I have to admit, some of the the, the, the visual novels that come out aren't my favorites. Like, I really tried to get into Dream Daddy, but I found the writing was too inconsistent. Like, there was a lot of grammar errors and the tone wasn't quite there. So, yeah, I know where you're coming from, Kat, but I'm always eager to try. So, this one's a lot more, like, like maybe closer to Telltale because everything's very animated and and happening. It's not like text boxes. Um. And it is described as like an action RPG, but the the idea is you are playing character named Jala who's coming home because I believe uh, her sister's getting married. Um, and the idea is that all of your exes are kind of showing up and it's a lot of questions about like family expectations and uh, dealing with relationships and finding out who you are through the decisions you've made in your past love life and says in here through the game story, Jala will confront her exes in cinematic turn-based battle sequences. So you've got turn-based <laughs> That is very combat. Scott Pilgrim. Um, with all kinds of stuff, like there was a summon attack where her mom like rises in the background, like this Damn. giant Final Fantasy summon and has like a flip-flop and just like slaps somebody <laughs> with it. Um, so it's got a lot of like heart and, and family and history uh, in there. Um and it's also got skateboarding like there's just skateboarding and also cooking. Uh, there's like cool stuff going on in this game. It's from the team. I'm double checking this to make sure it's from Outer Loop. Uh, the folks who made Falcon Age. 
And so this is them just kind of making, I think they went out there and said like, we just want to make a game that we would want to play. And this is what they came up with. And it's, it looks just really endearing and fun and, and way off the beaten path of what you would expect from RPGs. You know, this, (laughs) you look at this, you look at Sacrifice. And it's like two completely different tastes, but RPGs all across the board. There's always interesting stuff, especially in indie games. Ruka just shouted out Weird West, which is due out in March. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. That looked really interesting. I forgot mm-hmm. about that one. That looks really cool. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to try that one because I was a big fan of uh, Boot Hill Hero, which is an independent RPG. A lot of people don't really know about uh, kind of a Western RPG. Yeah, I think Weird West, uh, which you'll forgive me. I, I think it's there. Are there roguelike elements in there, Eric? Do you are you in do Weird you know what I'm talking West. about? I know. So I know that Weird yeah. West has been on my radar on and off for a while, but I don't know enough about it. Um, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, Looks, so, I love the art style of it. Like I'm always just immediately. It's a dark fantasy reimagining of the Wild West where lawmen and gunslingers share the frontier with fantastical creatures, which is. That is a Nadia thing right yeah, there. Yeah, I like it's that already. kind of an immersive sim aspect to it. Yeah, it's got some like yeah. CRPG ideas, some like Deus Ex, even like I, I get a lot of Fallout vibes from it personally, like like Fallout 1 and 2 era vibes from it oh, or, or from mm. something more modern, maybe like a Shadow Run. Um, the modern run of Shadow Run, obviously. <laughs> the art style reminds me a little of Disco Elysium. And yeah. yeah, and then you've got this idea where you're playing each of these playthroughs has uh, choices that get tailored to your actions. And so it's, it's really pumping up like the choices matter sort of thing. Uh, so who knows, you know, that I think that's one that could sneak under the radar. And then you're going to start hear rumblings around like April of like, Oh, I played this game weird West. It's actually really, really good. And so I think my most anticipated indie RPG of 2022 is sea of stars. But I honestly think that weird West has a chance to be, in the game of the year conversation, if mm-hmm. it turns out to be really good. Yeah, I'm going with that. I'm also going with Sacrifier as well. I'm really looking forward to what that has to offer. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Sizz and Sleeper for sure uh, and Sea of Stars. Uh, and then you maybe maybe a left field one that isn't even listed here. Uh, I put the haunted chocolatier cause I want to dream that it could come out. As yeah. Early it's as not happening not this, year, this year, but I, I wouldn't a anticipate dream. it. Next year, maybe I just, I'm putting hopes down last in 20, 20 as we were going into 2021 i made a bet with somebody that delta rune chapter 2 would come out that year and i was right so you were right don't lose hope that's what undertale taught eric, us eric barone said you know, that he was like it was still very early days yeah yeah he's sketched out the outline of the game don't but there's still a huge hope. amount of content in it. <laughs> no it's fine we'll get early access in 2023 Maybe, maybe late 2023, and then we'll be off on a magical chocolatey adventure. And magical I look forward to that. going to be adventure. fun. Just like Willy Land of chocolate. That was 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our indie RPG preview. If you have an indie RPG that you're looking forward to, we'd love to hear about it. Send me an email at cat at bluggodpod.com or go over to Twitter and send me a DM at the underscore catbot or just reach out to me on the Discord if you're there. Okay, it's time now for a Games Done Quick preview. Yes, the Games Done Quick, which is the uh, biannual speedrunning festival that lasts an entire week over on various streaming platforms. It kicks off this Sunday, and there's a lot for RPG fans to look forward to. Here's some stuff that you can anticipate in Games Done Quick on Tuesday. 
Final Fantasy 13, Nier Automata, and Final Fantasy 7 Intergrade ah. will all be played. I gotta say that Final Fantasy 13 will be interesting because that's a long one. That's a so, hard one. Yeah, yeah. like the, yeah. that's a hard one to skip to find skips with. But they, uh, you know, speedruns can do anything. So um, I look forward to see if they do. I love runs like this uh, because they mm-hmm. have to optimize so much, but it still takes such a long amount of time. Like if you want to speed run Final Fantasy seven, like original Final Fantasy seven, it's something like eight or nine hours. I want Yeah, to say. it's still hours like but every single thing is optimized and every little thing it's it's the dis the difference between sprinting and marathon running right like yes. cross-country running and i find long rpg runs to be super interesting because of that because you have to stay so focused the whole time you have to keep track of so many different things that you're going to use later on or even just there's a lot of step counting in final fantasy specifically for random yeah especially old ones 13 is high on my list for for stuff that I want to watch. Yeah, unfortunately, I watch RPG Limit Break every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these RPG speed runs involve just getting into a into a random battle and then running away immediately. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. there you have the speed runs that exploit uh, bugs and glitches and whatnot. And you have the ones that are just played really fast. I think there was Super Mario RPG one year that was just that like there was no skipping, no mm-hmm. opportunity to skip that I can remember just keep on going run away <laughs> use the items i i mean it does beat some of the zelda speed runs where it's just clipping the entire time <laughs> yeah yeah zelda's so broken at this point like ocarina of time they're basically just like hacking the game live using link it's incredible the zelda 2 one was pretty neat though there was a really cool zelda 2 I'm, speed I run know, i think i saw that because i love zelda 2 was such a misfit of a game and anytime that comes up it was to like speed an run. abstract it was like abstract art watching mm-hmm. that one though if you want to talk about abstract art and speed running any final fantasy uh, 6 speed run is just a mess because that game's code is just like it, it belongs in the in the in the necromicon it's just such like weird stuff there was a <laughs> speed run quote unquote where Literally, they finished the game in six minutes, and I don't even know what to date, to date what they did. It was like witnessing a dark art. I just my mind must have blanked it out to save my soul, but it was pretty incredible. On Wednesday, we'll get a final Pokemon Crystal key item randomizer, which is going to be. I love a good randomizer. I love They're good mm-hmm. randomizers. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a Zelda mm-hmm. two randomizer that turned me on to randomizer stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the gold standard is still the Link to the Past Super Metroid randomizer. That's <laughs> yes. a lot of fun. It's incredible. Yeah, it's a, it's a work of art. On Thursday, we'll have the Kingdom Hearts 2 speedrun for anybody who is into mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. On Friday, we'll get a Stardew Valley speedrun, which seems like anathema to That's the laid-back nature of that series. I was going to say, what do you do? Do you like speedrun to Grandpa and get like berated by him or something? I mean, there are also time limits, so you're kind of mid-maxing each and every single day, True. especially in terms of how you tackle the dungeons and everything, and how you uh, set up your fields. So it's it's not extremely easy. No, it isn't. But they're, I'm just wondering what goal they're working towards, a certain amount of money. They're working towards Grandpa getting angry at you because you didn't fix the farm properly. I guess we'll see. There's also Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire mm. on Friday, mm-hmm. which I think some people like. I didn't like that one. <laughs> And finally, on Saturday, we have Earthbound and Fallout New Vegas with all unique weapons and oh. Deltarune. And Eric's just yeah. looking really excited right New now. New Vegas, baby. Let's go. Oh, That's going to be love, a lot of fun. 
see it's exciting for me because bethesda runs are usually honestly kind of boring because once you've seen one you've kind of seen them all because they're just like (laughs) well now i'm going to leap into the air and fly across the map and then do a quest and then leap into the air and fly across the map and do a quest and right it's i i like these games a lot uh fallout new vegas especially and uh the fact that there are some additional limitations that might require them to actually engage with the game parts of the game uh or rather like just more parts of the game that we don't usually see that's exciting so i like the unique categories because of that well regardless i will be watching games done quick all week because it is just great background stuff it's excellent background so much fun Mm -hmm. i think i think games done quick is one of the most wholesome celebrations of gaming that you will find as a hobby yeah that you will find anywhere and so consistently over the, over the years, GDQ and speedrunning has been where we've learned more and more about these games because, of course, they break them mm-hmm. in such interesting ways. And that goes double for RPGs. I would love to do an RPG speedrunning episode. Someday. I would love to get hey, Quexel on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we could get a, hey, RPG limit break, folks, if any of you are listening, Please come on the show. We'd love we'd love to chat with you. Maybe maybe we'll do a special about it someday. We should do that right in time for the uh, the the five job fiesta. Yeah, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Five. And now an untitled Eric segment approaches. Command. Hello, hi. Let's talk about Wordle. <laughs> Let's talk about. Please, those... I have no idea I've... what's going on. These emojis. I've been playing that game. Uh, yeah, so this was something that popped up over the holidays. Uh, really sweet story behind it. Uh, a guy just made it for his partner. Uh, you know, they liked word games and they wanted to play a word game together. And so he made this little thing that's basically word my or uh, mastermind meets Scrabble. Uh, the whole idea is you have six guesses to figure out a five letter word. So you put in, say, like, I like to start with the word rents because uh, it's got all those nice Wheel of Fortune letters in there. Yeah, uh, R-S-T-L-N-E, baby. <laughs> and you put them in and it'll tell you on each one, it'll give you either, you know, it'll gray it out. Uh, if you're using dark mode, like you should be to not see your retinas. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll gray it out if it's a letter that's not in the word or it'll hit it with a yellow if it's a letter that's in the word but in the wrong place or a green yeah. if it's a letter that's in the word and it's in the right place. So mastermind. Uh, I believe there's actually a UK game show that did a similar thing at some point. I know people were talking about this on Twitter somewhere. Uh, and you have six guesses to get the five letter word. And then at the end, it it lets you share the results online. So that's why you see that row of boxes with saying. the different ones. That was their guesses. So I wanted to shout this out because a, it's it's a brilliant idea for a game. I mean, it's one of those ones that you look at and you're like, yeah, yeah, that is great. Like this makes so much sense. It's a puzzle a day. Everyone, I, I like to do mine while the morning coffee is brewing. It kind of gets the brain juices flowing a little bit and it's very relaxing. It's very easy to access. It's just through your browser. Uh, so it's not even an app or anything like that. And the thing Sorry, I like, does it, does it play well about on mobile or oh, is it yeah. all? Yeah, oh, I yeah. play it on mobile. All uh, the time. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I love that it's not an app. They specifically mm-hmm. said that they didn't want to do any free-to-play shenanigans. That's really nice. They just created a fun little thing that people can access and kind of, you know, work your brain. And exactly. it's really satisfying to, I think on an elemental lizard brain level, when you see multiple letters that are in the wrong place, and then you're like, yes, I can just rearrange these and... Mm-hmm. Aha. Yeah, I definitely like want to play a magic now. trick. Yeah. And as Ruka notes in, in the Stars of Destiny chat, uh, it does work so well because it is one a day. It's it's the crossword. I remember when I was working at the TV station, I used to do the crossword every day. It's not because I'm a huge crossword fanatic. You worked at a TV station? Have we not talked about this? I used to work at it. You no. interviewed me for a job once and we didn't talk about this. That was a long time ago, Eric. <laughs> uh, I, I was mostly interested in your work at Kotaku and stuff at the time, but I didn't know you worked have. for a TV station. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, was, uh, I knew you from Duct Tape Man. Everyone knows me from Duct Tape Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's true. Um, so yeah, no, I used to work at a TV station. I was like one of the like engineer video people there. So I'd run cameras in the morning and, and do soundboard. So if you ever heard a mess up on local Austin news with sound involved in a certain period of time, it could have been me. <laughs> that was you? Possibly Oh my God, me. Eric. I missed a few mic. At last. Yeah, I was pretty good, but I missed a few mic hits. It's okay. Uh, but I, you know, I would do the crossword. I, I do like Sudoku. I actually do like Sudoku. I like but, Sudoku, yeah. Um, I would do the crossword too, not because I was a huge crossword fan or anything, but because it's something that's just, it, it wakes you up a little bit. It gives you something to do. It gets you thinking. It's it's good training. And I think the other brilliant thing about Wordle um, is the sharing aspect because I love seeing people post their wordles. I think uh, Maddie Myers over at Polygon posted hers recently, and it was like a row of no hits, a row of no hits, and then all green. Oh, wow. <laughs> like three out of six. And you look at that and you just know it's fun because you're not getting spoiled on what the answer is. And then when you've played the puzzle, you're like, how did you get that word without knowing what any of the letters were? And it's just, it's fun and it's interesting. I think it's just a very novel concept. It reminds me of when threes came out and yes. threes was also such a simple, straightforward, fun game uh, that you just, it's hard not to love. And it's something that you can just keep going back and doing over and over again, or you can drop off and then, hop back in there's no pressure like i love games like this and it's got a it's got a nice thing behind it and luckily it's not i'm sure there're going to be a million imitator apps that pop up now where you can like change the number of letters that are in it or set yeah. it to different categories and now there's ads and you can pay for new word packs and stuff like that and it'll get ruined the way that 3s had its imitators and stuff but right now base wordle is it it's owning the world and it deserves a good time in the spotlight. So that's my shout out for Wordle. Go and check it out. It's totally worth the play. And as Eric says, it is an RPG because your brain will grow in power mm-hmm. as you play. Level up. You will level, you level up. up your brain. Level down sometimes. <laughs> Just remember there can be duplicate letters. That's, that's the one thing you got to learn. Everybody learns it at some point. And now it's time for a brand new segment. Yes, A few years ago, we did the Top 25 RPG Countdown, in which each episode we would go and we would look at another RPG that we would add to the list. It was a very successful and enjoyable series. 
I would argue that it was an iconic series. I think so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This was before the console RPG quest. So I think this was 2017, 2018, thereabouts that we were doing the top 25 RPG countdown. Well, a lot has happened since then. There's been a lot of water under the RPG bridge since then. It's 2022. It's been a few years. I think it's time to revisit the top 25 RPG countdown. And we want you to help us with the top 25 RPG remakes. And we went on Discord and we said, okay, go and nominate a game that you want to be on the list. Nadia and Eric and I also came up with games that we want to be on this list. Okay. The top 25 RPGs that were already there, they're already in it. So they're grandfathered in. They're in the running. They're not in the list. They're in the running. They're they're not on the list, but they're in the running to be on the list. Mm -hmm. We're going to do this for like four months. We're going to get about 80 or so total uh, candidates. And then we're going to do a big special in which we build the list. It'll be great. We're going to have a brand new list. Y'all going to help us. And we have a nominee from the community that we are going to be able to talk about in just a second. But we'll start with our own nominations. Eric, what is your nomination for the Top 25 RPG Remake? Well, when you brought this up, I had to think back on recent RPGs because obviously there has been some water under the bridge. And I think you just can't look at the past uh, five, even 10 years of RPGs and not shout out Disco Elysium. It's it's unquestionably one of the best RPGs that's come out in recent memory, in, in my opinion. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's got incredible writing. It's got an incredible setup. It uses so many different influences from role playing in general, both tabletop and your CRPGs. It's it's just brilliant being a hobo cop of a failure of a man and trying to redeem (laughs) yourself or not redeeming yourself and saying screw it and doing finger guns while you try to dive out the door to dodge a bill. And it's got it's got Kim Kitsuragi and it's got the the section in the church where you're dancing with all the people and stuff. It's how do you not love this game? I I know it's a tough one to get into, but I think everyone who has ever taken the dive on it comes out the other side. Like that is that is an experience that needs to be experienced and definitely one of the best RPGs in recent memory. I, I don't think we can have this list without Disco Elysium on it. So this is the first candidate I wanted to put forward. Yeah, go listen to our Pantheon of the Blood God episode about Disco Elysium that we did late last year. It was my first opportunity to really, truly delve into it. And I came away just stunned. It was an amazing experience. I I was talking earlier about how I prefer RPGs for their tactics. This was a game that did more to blend tactics Mm -hmm. with storytelling Mm -hmm. and dialogue choices than I've ever seen. Those conversations were intense. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. It rethought, it reimagined what an RPG could be. And I, I was just so, so impressed with Disco Elysium. So happy to add it to our list of candidates for the top 25 RPG Countdown remake. Nadia, what's your choice? I know it's the most scrub answer in the universe, but I chose Skyrim. And the reason why is because it's just... It's one of those games where it's hard to pin down one exact reason why it should be there. But I would say one of the biggest ones is it got a lot of people into the Morrowind universe. And it was just such an iconic RPG, kind of in the manner of 
Final Fantasy VII. It was one of those games that brought a lot of non-RPG fans into the fray. For a lot of them, too, like, whereas Final Fantasy VII was their first JRPG, maybe Skyrim was their first Western RPG. I know for a fact myself, I didn't play a lot of Western RPGs until I played Skyrim, and I was like, okay, the elements that I find really intimidating about Western RPGs are a little less here. Skyrim is obviously a very easy game. You can make your character into into Superman and, and kill everything, but it was a good... I know that everyone sings the praises of Morrowind and Daggerfall and says, uh, you know, Skyrim is for for babies. And I admit it, maybe it's for babies, but it's the game that kind of got me into into Tamarel. And you're talking also about a game where Nintendo freely admits, hey, we used this as inspiration for Breath of the Wild, one of the best Mm -hmm. RPGs of all time. So it has something to it for sure. I mean, heck, there's a whole tribute to the throne of the world there. I love that part. You climb up a mountain and you talk to a dragon. It's great. I think that Skyrim is the essence of fantasy role-playing. Yeah. You said climbing up a mountain and talking to a dragon. I remember how amazed I was as I walked up that mountain the first time. Yeah. It is such a moment Mm -hmm. as to be remembered for a long time. And yeah, we can joke about how you can go through the whole game just crouched and sniping a lot of people. (laughs) Which I did. But there are so many, which a lot of people do. But there are so many interesting opportunities and interesting choices to make throughout the game. If you really, truly want to delve into the actual meat and potatoes of the gameplay of Skyrim, and of course, the modding community has done so much for that game over the years because Bethesda, for all their faults, they've done an amazing job of supporting modders. Mm -hmm. And so I think they deserve to be acknowledged just for that. Out of all of the Bethesda games, like I like Fallout New Vegas, but I think Skyrim is the one that I would go back to. And I know. I know Fallout New Vegas was done by Obsidian. Leave me alone. But (laughs) (laughs) Skyrim is the one that I would want to go back to the most out of any of the Bethesda RPGs. I was so close to the gotcha. (laughs) Leave me alone, Eric. I was ready to hit you with the the Phoenix Wright objection. (laughs) Hold it. Objection. (laughs) Well, my choice for the Top 25 RPG Countdown Remake is, I mean, Come on. Valkyrie Profile. Mm-hmm. Of course. My favorite <laughs> RPG of all time. A game that I live streamed a couple years ago, I think in 2020. Uh, my re- my playthrough it again was just wonderful. I came away with a renewed appreciation of the battle system. I loved the emotion, the art, the characters, the art. I already said the art. The art again. The it is. Art squared. If you haven't played it, you really got to go and try this game. It is a lost treasure best try game ever made and it's not close i mm-hmm. uh, you went and saw tales of fantasia which i think is actually kind of underrated i was having a good time playing it on the super nintendo the people who worked on tales of fantasia took their expertise into valkyrie profile and made a good tales of fantasia out of that game there's so much recruiting to be done the battle system is so much fun it's great i i think it at least needs to be under consideration if it, it's if it's not in the top twenty five, it's definitely a top one hundred. Yeah, maybe even a top fifty. It's it's really really. Good. I just wish it was more accessible, yeah, think... so more people could play it. Yeah, Absolutely. me too. Yeah, it's it's a well, game. I mean, what Square has done to Valkyrie Profile is like a freaking war crime. I mean, <laughs> seriously, it's just embarrassing. Epic embarrassing. Can't wait for top twenty five war crimes. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! Top twenty five <laughs> RPG war crimes. <laughs> we got Suikoden two in there somewhere. 
Oh, actual. Okay. Did it. <laughs> Doing actual war crimes amidst the, the game. Sweden 2 opens with children being slaughtered. I think it's disqualified yeah. just on the basis of that's its plot. <laughs> Are war crimes part of being an RPG? No, but they do happen a lot. <laughs> yeah. So that reminds me that one of the segments we want to do this year is the pandemonium of the blood god in which we look at a really bad RPG yeah. that we consign to RPG hell. <laughs> the pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And finally, our community pick is from Old Man Jables. Their pick is another Pantheon episode uh, RPG, and that is Shimigami Tensei Nocturne, which they credit with dramatically refining the core SMT trappings saying in a lot of respects nocturne is really pivotal to the rest of atlas's future endeavors nocturne had to walk so modern persona digital devil saga devil survivor etc could all run without it it's very likely you could get neither of these games or versions which altogether pale in comparison to their current beloved conceptions lastly i offer that nocturne is in many respects the final evolution of the original pc dungeon crawling rpg which virtually kickstarted the entire genre. The dungeon crawler iterated and improved upon it to its final form. I believe Nocturne is the true successor to wizardry and might and magic's legacy, and that's quite a legacy indeed. I think it's worth noting that when we did our original Top 25 RPG countdown, the remake was not available on Nintendo Switch and, uh, and PC and right. whatnot, so it was a lot harder to access at the time. I think it's a good pick. Nocturne is not uh, when I played it, I did find find it a little bit too slow, a little bit too clumsy, but I can totally appreciate 100% what it has done for uh, Shin Megami Tensei, and it's something you really see reflected in Shin Megami Tensei Five, which I think is great. Yeah, it's the sort of thing that I think even if it's not your cup of tea, it's easy to see how it is the most representative of a certain kind of RPG, and certainly right. like a hallmark of the genre. Like You can't talk about a certain era of RPGs without talking about SMT3 Nocturne. So it's something we're talking about. That's the other thing is we got 80 games to nominate here mm. and we got to cut it down mm-hmm. to 25. So we're going to be putting a lot in that will probably only get talked about. Heck, not even the top 25 is safe. I'm already looking at that list and I'm seeing weak. I'm seeing games <laughs> that will be toppled. And <laughs> you leave Final Fantasy V alone. Wow. You leave it alone, you. It's lingering there out on the cliff. <laughs> called from the herd. I like the discussion that's happening around the pandemonium of the blood god. Uh, Ruka said, the first game sent to the underworld rules it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to pick the first RPG that we send to hell. King Legend of, of Ligeia. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm personally damning Legend of Ligeia. And you can sit there and, and be stupid all at once in pandemonium. Brian, I'm going to destroy you. Final Fantasy V does not need to go. Oh, no. no! I take would, away your modding powers. I would not take away Final Fantasy V. It's not my favorite by any means, but I the job system owes everything to Final Fantasy V. Mm. Y'all, y'all write the, the date down when you said that because we're going to get to <laughs> May. And I'm telling you, this game doesn't make 25. This game does not make 25. And that is our first segment for the Top 25 RPG Remake 2022 Intergrade. We have four new candidates for the Top 25 RPG Countdown, Valkyrie Profile, Skyrim, Disco Elysium, and Shimigami Tensei Nocturne to go along with the other Top 25 RPGs. If you want to go and submit a candidate for consideration, head on over to our Discord, which you can access through our Patreon. 
We have a channel. You can go and put out your well-reasoned nomination. People will probably react to it. And if you don't get it in the first time, just keep on nominating it. And we might get around to it at some point. I mean, there are plenty of interesting games in there. People threw in Starflight, which I thought was an interesting pick. Nearly picked that one. Uh, also, Vagrant Story yeah, that's, and that's many option. other games to consider. And of course, there were plenty of games that never made the original Top 25 RPG Countdown. Dragon Quest Three, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Seven, Skyrim, which you already pointed out. Various Pokemon games. Heck, Persona 5 didn't make the original Top 25 RPG Countdown. We're going to have a whole more, another uh, Persona debate, Nadia, except it's not going to be a debate because I'm going to pick Persona 5 this time. Yeah, okay, so we're done with that. It's good. (laughs) It's it's not going to be a debate. Y'all aren't ready for Persona 5 versus Persona 3 is all I'm going to say. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to replaying Persona 3 this year. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, of course, look forward to our special in May. Okay, it is now time for America's favorite segment and Canada's, Nadia's Nostalgia Nook. I like how you said America and Canada. Okay, uh, we'll go with North America's favorite segment. Nadia's Nostalgia Nook. Our favorite international segment. Okay, okay, I can, I can buy that. There you go. It's very international. You're right. Yeah, we do have a very international audience, and I actually think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. It's, it, it's, a, it's the world's favorite segment. There. <laughs> we, we, we got, glad we got that solved. Anyway, I was going to talk about the funniest Pokemon name I ever saw. I'm talking about, like, the uh, custom names people give their Pokemon. And uh, this happened on the bus uh, to or from school. I can't remember. I was in high school. And in, since I go to school in a city, you're kind of expected to take public transit to school instead of taking a school bus. So I would get on this bus every morning, and I'm, of course, crowded as hell, because everyone's got their backpack hitting everyone. So I'm looking over the shoulder of this kid who's playing Pokemon Blue. And he's got a Blastoise out, and it's named... How do I even say this? He, he gave the name A, capital A, like, in a row, just six A's. So Ash would say, Go get him! <laughs> Go get him. And I'm on the bus just in front of a bunch of people. I'm trying not to die on the bus because, of course, this, this little kid, obviously, he's just like, I'm pressing A to name my, my score because I don't care. But it came out to the most psychotic yeah. sounding thing I'd ever, ever heard in my head in my life. And it's great because, I mean, what is a Pokemon trainer except for a child very close to madness? Pikachu's down. Let's go. Ah. No, the best Pikachu name I ever saw was I Farted. And that was really problematic because I wanted the video for uh, an article in US Gamer. And I'm like, I can't use a video where they named Pikachu I Farted and they named like the the Hypnos Vietnam for some reason. And so I realized like, I, some people are just really good at Pokemon names. I, that for some reason reminds me of a comic that I keep seeing on Reddit recently in which a trainer will yell, Pikachu yells, use flamethrower. And a trainer will go, Pikachu can't use flamethrower lol. And then it'll show Pikachu with a flamethrower backpack going, Pika, Pika, bitch. <laughs> and there was another one that uh, it was, a, there was a sequel where Pikachu was using a, a super muscly, uh, super swole power puff girl for some reason. It's very <laughs> random. 
but I, I was into it. I was into it. Eric, is that why you? I just saw you laughing your head off and trying not to die I, as I, I like. Uh, t- I was reading down the show notes, and okay, I, all I saw was the note that just said. <laughs> Like all of our other more behind the scenes, we have show notes and all of our other ones have these like paragraphs and bullet points. And it just says Nadia segment, the funniest Pokemon name I ever saw, a Blastoise named Ah. <laughs> and I just started cracking. <laughs> but that that was great. Uh, that was pretty much the best name I ever saw. And the kid had no idea what a genius he was. This is why I want to be on camera for everybody during the live show, because Eric and I were just sitting here losing it <laughs> yeah, you're losing during it while Nadia was telling the story. It was wonderful. <laughs> I thought that was great. I never forgot. Wonderful. It. Oh. Okay, it's time for a few random encounters. E3 live event is canceled. The digital event is up in the air. Uh, E3 is dead. I think E3 is it's just floundering over. at this point. Bye, E3. Yeah. Bye. It's good to know I you. I miss E3. I like E3. I miss meeting people. I miss the excitement. Great memories of sneaking into the Sony party with Patrick Klepek. I wasn't supposed to be there. Uh, he, I don't know if he got an invite, but I kind of got snuck in. And I got a suitcase out of it because they were handing out suitcases as loot. <laughs> and so God. I have a little PlayStation suitcase. My cat peed on it, so I can't use it anymore, but it was pretty cool. <laughs> like, I, I think it's weird because the things that people miss about E3 are the non-show parts of it. Because it was really good to just have an excuse to go to L.A. and see everybody that works in the industry and all that. There are a lot yeah. of people in this line of work that you kind of work around, but only get to actually see in person once a year, if that. And we haven't had that for years now. So I know a lot of people are really excited for a potential in-person E3 this year. But I think in terms of the service that E3, the show itself, served, yeah, like we're kind of evolving past the need for it, at least on the media side. There's always the B2B side that's happening in the background, and that could still function in some level. But I think I honestly am starting to really believe, not just memeing, that the days of the big E3 conference are are behind us and everybody is looking at the digital future and saying no that's just gonna it's gonna work better it's more cost efficient it does the same thing it lets them control the story a lot more uh and yeah uh you know ironically nintendo led the way on all of this i was gonna say i think the (laughs) nintendo direct was the beginning of the end yeah and and sony back i think sony backing out was huge Sony backing out was a very big deal. Well, the ESA, I mean, there was no reason E3 had to go down the tubes. It's just the ESA horribly mismanaged it and horribly mismanaged its relationships with these large publishers. And then at a certain point, Sony and Microsoft said, well, why? Sony and Nintendo said, why are we spending so much money on these booths? Okay, Nintendo kept spending money on a booth. Yeah. Why is Sony spending so much money on a booth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when they could just do state of plays and people are going to buy their games anyway? Yeah. Like, you're going to spend millions of dollars on a booth. I feel like why? now that conventions are a lot more fan-oriented, E3 has kind of outlived its purpose because all the important parts of it went digital a long time ago. But I don't agree. There's like glitz and there's a glam. There's glitz to and... the actual show floor. Oh, I'll miss it. Like I'll miss it a lot. Don't get yeah. me wrong. The actual conferences are so much more exciting than a freaking live stream. Oh, I agree. I'm sorry, but yeah, it's but not what people are doing. 
Yeah, look at like what Facebook slash Meta and Apple and all that have already been doing. You know, maybe conferences do return in some way. Maybe that's what Judges Week becomes or something. But like, what was the point of the show floor in the first place, if not to just like show it to a bunch of people and already kind of in excess? And I, I really feel like opening it up to the public already kind of was them being like, yeah, this is really just becoming PAX and PAX already serves that need. So, yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen? Jeff Keighley is going to take it He's over. He's going to eat it alive. Summer Games Fest is just going to be E3 under new management. Yeah. And it'll go back to being a private invite only show. And it'll be much more of an industry party than it was uh, before. And you know what? I welcome my new Keeley-shaped overlord. That's <laughs> I all I can say. I have been to E3 since, like, as a worker since 2006. And that's going to be a really interesting memory for me because mm-hmm. that was before cell phones were a thing. And we all had to communicate mm-hmm. by running back and forth like idiots. Yeah. Memories. Memories. Trying to find Wi-Fi in 2010. Oh, everyone just kind of gathering. So you could live vlog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Wonderful. I, I've had things oh to gosh. say about Keeley's Game Awards before on this podcast. But. Yes. Uh, oh, the, the Game Awards are terrible. But, yeah, they're but they should just be E3 because that's what they are. Right. It's just commercials. Yeah. Like, I think the work that Keeley's done with Summer Game Fest, particularly, especially stuff like the demos and all that, that he's really pushed for has been really, really good. I've liked that stuff a lot, having this thing where it's like, we're going to show off a bunch of games and they're all demos on Steam that you can play right now. Like, that's rad. And I like seeing more of that. So, Other random encounters. Square Enix draws ire for touting NFTs. Uh, Jesus, Mary and St. Joseph. wants to do NFTs. I don't think anybody knows what an NFT is. And they're just saying the word because they like the way it feels when it comes out of their mouth. Investors clap and throw money. Yeah. Yeah, no, seriously. The, if you say NFT, an investor will just start clapping like seals. Yeah. And there you go, right? Just like the way they crap, they they were like, everybody wants motion controls. So let's uh, let's get this all into the games. But NFTs, yeah. it's like, how are you going to implement them? We don't know because they're bullshit. Uh, Nobody knows. I mean, oh, Konami sold a bunch of uh, JPEGs. Yeah. Oh, well, that's Konami. Yeah. They're evil. We, they're they're hopeless. For their, for their anniversary, it's like, here, you can bid on these JPEGs, I guess. Like, when you, when you boil it down, and I've given this talk to so many friends and family members who over the holidays were asking me what the hell an NFT is, and when you boil it down, it's something that already kind of exists in Final Fantasy fourteen. You have the marketplace where you can buy items and put yeah. items up for sale with Gil, and all this does is get real money attached to it, which you know I wouldn't hate, but you've seen the Diablo 3 auction house and how that's gone. But Steam, Steam Marketplace, stuff like Dota Cosmetics, that's thrived for a while. Oh, the real world auction house of Diablo, that went really well. Yeah. The the exactly. only add-on yeah. thing is that now it's got some unnecessary tag on there that just gives you like a proof of ownership that doesn't really matter and then there's just artificial scarcity there was a really funny tweet that was going around where someone was pointing out like an actual nft person with an nft twitter icon was like wait if i'm in an mmo and i see someone flying a mount that's an nft i'll see that and i'll know it's they didn't get it because they did something cool in the game or achieved some cool accomplishment they just bought it with money and that's not interesting exactly but it's unique it's tied to the blockchain yeah so it's a way to get money and i don't know burn down the rainforest but it's uh i mean i don't want to dwell on this subject no absolutely not because yeah screw nfts so let's keep on going yeah absolutely <laughs> cryptocurrency is just a bunch of rich people dicking around and until they mm-hmm. get bored of dicking around we all, we all got to suffer for it 
Bioware talks about pandemic challenges, and they say that the Mass Effect 4 poster has five Easter eggs still working Ooh. on Dragon Age, which is notable because their director just quit by mutual consent. So how many directors is that at this point? I don't feel like Dragon Age is ever coming out. I'm excited for when Remus Lupin takes over as the next director. Of I was Mass about to Effect say, it's going to be a Hogwarts situation. <laughs> um, oh, is that what it is? Defense Against the Dark yeah. Arts? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, I read this message. I remember seeing it and it go up with the Bioware logo and it being like the state of Bioware. And I was like, oh, damn, what happened now? <laughs> this is going to be bad. It was really just them. State of Bioware. There's a pandemic, y'all. Yeah, it was them going like, hey, turns out remote works pretty good. And that Mass Effect 4 thing had a geth head in it in case you didn't notice. And also like, yes, Dragon Age is still single player. Like that was the three takeaways I had from it. It's funny how often they've had to reiterate that the next Dragon Age is a single player game. Yeah. They do it every time they talk about it. They're like the single player Dragon Age game. God. Pokemon Legends Arceus has released a new six minute overview trailer. And my takeaway is Pokemon are scary. They have red eyes and they're coming to kill you. I like it when Pokemon gets dark and twisted. That's the Pokemon I like to see. There's a Snorlax with the red eyes that is coming after you. It's terrifying. Uh, if you see a Snorlax with his eyes open coming after you, you better run because you're dead. My theory <laughs> is that a Pokemon made this game. Like they just got sick of being thrown into fights and having to fight literal dragons and gods all the time. And they're like, okay, trainers, see how you like this shit. You get in there and get chased <laughs> around by a giant angry Scyther. Yeah, yeah, you go catch the Pokemon. I'm not going to fight. I was surprised at how little actual Pokemon combat was in that trailer compared to everything else you were doing, which is exciting for me. I think that's cool. Yeah. But uh, it is a very different game. In that sense. Speaking of Pokemon Legends Arceus, Christina Aguilera played it in a new commercial with her daughter. It was very sweet. It kind of reminded me of Robin Williams, rest in peace, playing Zelda with Zelda, his daughter. That's always Very wholesome commercial. But also, Christina Aguilera got to play Pokemon Legends Arceus before me. Celebrities. Now we don't like her anymore. Who's going to be the outlet that's going to freelance Christina Aguilera's review of Pokemon Legends Arceus? (laughs) And finally, your 2022 mode is Megalovania being played for the Pope. <laughs> he had no idea what was going on. It, was just, it looked like a circus. They were playing Megalovania. He's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Someone, someone on Twitter said, happening? what is it with people giving Undertale to like to the Holy Pope? Like, what is going on? Why does this keep happening? <laughs> yeah, someone gave Pope. him a copy of Undertale, right? Matt Pat, yeah, right. infamously. Undertale should be the one to rule the pandemonium. Seems only appropriate. Oh, no. Undertale stays out of hell. No, no, it's very good. No, it's very, very good. But I just, maybe you have to send an angel down to rule hell. Is that Mm, how it is? A fallen angel. That's very poetic. fallen angel? Yeah. That's That's my argument. Okay, that was Random Encounters. We'll finish up with a quick mailbag. And this one is from Christopher Reed, who sent me an email at cat at bloggodpod.com. I'm terrified that Dragon Quest 12 won't be turn-based. Hmm. What are the rumors about that? Uh, I think that's a reasonable concern, Christopher, because there have been a lot of hints that Dragon Quest 12 will be a little bit different uh, from previous games. And Dragon Quest 11 was very traditional, and it was very much a an ode, I want to say, to all of the Dragon Quests that have come before it, to, to the point that it was like super fan service-y. Even, even I kind of 
grasp that was like, oh yeah, there's this that's a reference, that's a reference. The legendary sword in the game is a mix of the Zenithian sword from Dragon Quest Four and Loto's sword from Dragon Quest Three. So that just says it all to me, but it's great. I hope that they don't make it an action game because and I don't think they will because uh I mean, the fans would just pitch a fit. I think Japan. so. You I don't mess with you. Don't mess with Dragon Quest. They tried to change once and it didn't go well. I don't <laughs> think they're going to try it again, especially with people are really, really feeling nostalgic these days because of the pandemic. They just want comfort. They don't want anything new. I, I mean, speed it up a little bit, but sure. I also think the Dragon Quest, you know, battle system as it is, is pretty fast. It's not exactly slow. No, you can adjust your. You can do a lot of things to adjust your speed in those games. I think it's important for this yeah. game to build a new foundation for Dragon Quest going forward. And and to build Why? truly, you have to use your hands. And so what I'm thinking is we put a system in where you can place blocks on the ground. And <laughs> as you build up with the blocks, I'm you listening. can create rooms that other characters can then live in. And I'm really thinking that building should be an important part of this game. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I want video because I want y'all to see Kat's face right now. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, if I don't see a Dragon Quest Builders Three, I will punch a hole through the wall. And I have concrete walls in my apartment. These are these are serious behind me. <laughs> right now in the live chat, everybody's talking about who speaks uh, for them. Like, does Nadia speak for them? Do I speak for them? Because Nadia and I we're like on opposite sides a lot of time. We have a lot of similar it's kind of similar disposition similar taste mm-hmm. but we have different outlooks i think on the rpg genre we do the time, so mm-hmm. yeah but i think we're united in this one nadia we don't want it to be an action game come on no i don't want an action game i want a turn-based game i, I don't mind a new setting a new whatever if you don't want to do all sorts of weird experimental things go for it but give me a uh give me a, a turn-based game hey we have an eric stand in the chat too eric so you're not left out i mean look if if I, I respect any true sicko that wants to follow me down into the darkness and embrace the chaos. So Eric is going to be the one to be ruling the pandemonium. Uh, yeah. Drew is actually just me logged into a second computer. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I've been playing the long game. <laughs> well, okay, Eric, uh, thank you for, uh, well, Drew is in the doom warden tiers, So we appreciate your, <laughs> uh, your contributions to the, patreon just to do that it was, it was the long game i didn't say it was the frugal game all right <laughs> <laughs> all right well that is it for our episode thank you so much for joining and thank you to everybody who joined us for our inaugural live chat we had a blast it included brian c nerd elusively exclusively lex drew moranis ruka abby of the moon azixa Dirandir, Dakin, Good Old Teeps, Cal L, Not Hollow, Music Spoon, Mia Poke, Spirus, Stromgard, Tuber the 11th, and Witchstalker. Many of you are stars of Destiny Tier. We thank you so much for getting on board with this brand new initiative. We had a blast in this one. The chat was lit. We had a great time. We're going to do a post show right after this where we're going to do a special bonus segment. And if you're listening to this on Monday, you can go ahead and you're subscribed at the Stars of Destiny tier or above, you can just go and listen to the post-show right now. Okay. In any case, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, and why wouldn't you go and review it on the podcatcher of your choice? You can follow me on Twitter, the underscore catbot. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford. And Eric is at CMoosey, S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. 
And did I miss anybody? I don't know. Uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash bloodgodpod, where we have tons of bonus content, the pantheon of the blood god, various specials. This month, we are going to be doing a deep dive into the history of From Software, which is a lot of fun. And lots more besides that planned. Go check out our big 2022 What We Have Planned post on bloodgodpod.com. We'll be back next week, as always, to talk more about the genre we love. But until then, for Nadia, Eric, and myself, thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving.